Hello and welcome. That's not how I wanted to start. How did I want to start? I wanted to say, what did I? I don't know. Hello and welcome to Run Up the Score. I don't know. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting way to start. Yeah, we're we're starting strong here. Hey, hey, we've been off for a while, so you get a pass on this one. Well, actually, we just did last week. I mean, I don't even know if you want to count last week as a, like a. That's that was more like a specialty episode because it, it was completely out of routine. That's very true. Um. Well, bottom line is, I'm Bo Mullet. That's Ben Bachman, and we are going to. Well, I am going to give you some good takes, um, and Ben will give you some weird ones, and. We'll get you caught up on everything you need to know from around the NFL and NBA and various others. So let's start it off like we always do here in the NFL season. Let's start with the Indianapolis Colts and their game against the Houston Texans. Uh, I My bottom line that I'm taking away from this one is Colts got lucky. Ben, you got any other thoughts? <laughs> they got lucky – I don't know. It, it was a weird game because I felt like the Colts controlled that game up until the point when Deshaun Watson had the ball down six. I never felt like we were going to lose that game until Deshaun Watson had that ball last. And I'm like, oh, shoot, we could actually lose this game. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. Part of me was wondering, do I do we let him score early? Do we try to stop him? I don't know. Frank Wright's pride is too high to allow him to score, so he was going to do whatever it took to stop him. But regardless... Now, hold on. I want to pause there. It sounds like a little shot you're taking at Frank Wright there. Look, I love Frank Wright, but he has a, he has a, a little bit of a pride issue for himself. You know, he thinks he can mean? get all the... He goes forward on fourth down a little more than I like. Like I like the a little bit of aggressiveness. I think he takes it a step too far. Uh, and then oh. I would have allowed. So we're starting early with the bad takes, huh? Uh-huh. But And then I would have allowed Houston to score rather than use all my timeouts. Let me tell you something. Robert Mathis had a word with you. Uh, I mean – who am I to go up against Robert Mathis? Absolutely nobody. That's who. But I feel like I can respectfully disagree because Houston was just going up and down the field, especially on that last drive. The Colts defense could not get a stop. And it was, I don't know. I love the value of timeouts. Okay. I think timeouts are very valuable. I would have rather had loved to have roughly a minute 30 with all my timeouts as opposed to about a minute with no timeouts. I mean, that's what I was just seeing with the trend of the game, but Here. fortunately didn't need to, you know, see that because of the fumble you were saying. I, I just, I'm going to, in my shoes, I am going to try and stop them because I have zero faith that Phillip Rivers will take us down in a minute, minute and a half and get us in field goal range. I mean, yeah, I do have that concern, but if I have to have Phillip Rivers do it, I'd rather give him the timeouts in that extra 30 seconds 
because from but what I'm saying, but you don't have to if you stop them. <laughs> well, that's what I was questioning. I was questioning whether the Colts defense could stop them because it looks like they were catching fire right at the appropriate time. No, they for sure. I was I was ready to. I was prepared to lose a heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like I said, it never felt like that was Houston's game. At least when I was watching it. No, it didn't. I, I was gonna say I always felt like you know, Indianapolis had control of that game. And so to have to have a lucky win, it's a little bit concerning, but I feel like it's a a little bit of a bright spot that we can play better. I know we can. uh, And I I think Houston's one of those teams. I think they're better than their record shows. Yeah, definitely. And they're they'll when they play Indianapolis, they like to play them pretty tough. Uh, it was I, nice I, to see Ty have a day. Oh my goodness! Yes, it, it was. They kept on saying throughout the entire broadcast, it was long overdue, and boy, it was long overdue. Yeah, he's got two touchdowns in the last two weeks, which is two more than he had the rest of the season. Yeah, so hopefully he can. Hopefully uh, he gets four more and saves that bet I made at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that bet that I was on, that bet to get six touchdowns that I already gave up on it halfway through the season. And now I'm like, you know what? He might actually do this. Well, I'm not there yet, but I'm hoping he, that this continues. That's what I remember making that bet and feeling like that's easy. You got Philip Rivers in there now, like six touchdowns. That should be like for the season. That should be nothing for Ty. Now I'm like, well, I guess that's not going to happen. Yep. Uh. Um, one thing, so Anthony Costanza was out, and his replacement, LaRaven Clark, tore his Achilles, and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Um, so what do we do at tackle? I think Costanza might be back this week. I'm not positive. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on the tackle position, you know, it's just that kind of next man up philosophy and there's not really a whole lot you can do. Um, I'd like to be able to run the ball more effectively than what we did. Uh, especially. Yeah, short- that's what I think is a surprise this year is we're one of the lower teams in rushes and yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, not not to diss him at all. I realize he's still young, but he's he's not that back that everyone was kind of anticipating him to be in terms of oh, Max on a one year deal. He always gets hurt. We can let him walk, and Jonathan Taylor's just going to fill that role. Taylor's not there yet. Uh, no, I'm I'm excited to get Mac back and have that backfield be Mac Taylor and Hines. Yeah. Um, I don't think here's what I always, here's another thing I kind of questioned about Frank, Wright. I watched his post game interview. Um, he, he handed the ball to Hines on a fourth and one situation. I don't understand handing the ball to Hines in short yardage. Yeah. We've done that multiple times. That's not the back I give it to in that situation. Yeah. And his response was, it didn't 
matter which running back was in the backfield at the time, they felt confident that they could get it no matter what. And I'm like, no, you uh, take the best opportunity. No. Yeah. Like I would have, I probably would have put Wilkins in that situation. He's very good at short yardage situations. I probably would have put Jacoby in that situation. <laughs> honestly, honestly, yes. You know, he do a little RPO action. Uh, Maybe just have him sneak it. I don't just, know. Yeah, just have him sneak it. He's done that how many times? Uh, I think at least three. Yeah. But, but regardless, I, I didn't like the fourth down call. My gut feeling would have just kicked the field goal. However, the safety did kind of uh, cover that up a little bit. But Yeah. It it was a it was a game where the Colts should have won handily, but they didn't. And people are gonna look at it as, oh, you barely squeaked by Houston. It's like really that game was in total control of the Colts. Houston just got lucky and was able to get into position to win the game, and then their luck ran out. I I I think what summed it up for me. I forget what reporter it was, but they said basically. That the Colts got lucky, like they get a win, but this was not Frank Wright's best outing. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, and again, I still think Frank Wright's a good coach and all that, but I don't think he's still as a top tier coach yet. Uh, he hasn't exactly blown me away thus far. Yeah. Well, do you want to shift over to your first topic of the night? Oh, yes. My first topic of the night. Well, as you know, I've been a big bandwagon of Alex Smith, okay? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and how sweet it was. The Monday night – okay, well, it wasn't the Monday night football game, but it was on Monday – and At five o'clock in select yeah. markets. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of a bummer because I only went to beat ups and watched the first half of the game. But anyways, <laughs> Alex Smith goes into Pittsburgh and beats the Steelers, the undefeated Steelers, which Steelers in a primetime game. Of course, again, it's not really primetime. I don't know what you would call that game, but a delayed I, game because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I just you every bone in my body says, okay, Pittsburgh just doesn't lose these kinds of games, okay? Every bone in my body said Pittsburgh will find a way to lose this one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what told you that. I mean, they had won the previous eleven, but <laughs> they were okay. Oh, there's a new movie coming to Disney Plus called Safety, and it's a football movie. Um, the I just love <laughs> um the uh I'll tell you what told me. So they had the, a game on Wednesday, which I thought that probably throws them off. And then you have Washington, who has a good front seven, well, good front four, and. The Steelers have not played well in a while. They've had a lot of close wins. 
and against teams in games that they probably should just win pretty easily. Um, Steelers are a team that I think are like the, I thought the Texans are better than their record. The Steelers are a team I think are worse than their record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that law, I mean, that loss is going to come eventually. And I was thinking it might happen against Washington and then it did. Yeah. So like going back to the the topic at hand, it was awesome to see uh, Alex Smith being able to uh, get a big win against the Steelers, but staying on topic with the Steelers, I, I've, absolutely agree with you they have not been playing well recently i had said towards the end of the last show that Steelers needed to go 16 and no that way they could have something to remember this season because they absolutely i don't think they're going to the super bowl like their their record does not resemble the type of team that they are and they're just I think they were way overhyped and sure maybe that their uh their schedule kind of affected the way they played. I mean, I think Eric Ebron even you know tried making that claim or something like that. But bottom line is COVID, you had to be able to adjust to it and honestly Steelers, you're playing a Washington team that has momentum. They have some good bright spots, but ultimately you're the more talented team. You're at home. You got to be able to get that job done. And they, they unfortunately weren't. In fact, they had a 14 to three lead at halftime and they just didn't show up in the second half. So Pittsburgh, they have a lot of problems to solve uh, before I can, you know, put them in a, as contenders again. Uh, I'm still, I'm selling most of my stock on the Steelers right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped three of what, how many games weeks are left? Uh, four. four. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. they drop three of the next four games. They don't that- have a they don't have an easy schedule coming up. Here's the the thing with the Steelers is Devin Bush and Bud Dupree are both out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um and they Devin Bush was earlier this year, Bud Dupree was last week. Um so that defense was the special part of the Steelers. And losing Devin Bush and Bud Dupree are two massive hits to that defense. Mm-hmm. The offense, I think, could be great, but they wildly underachieve. And I think part of it's due to the fact they can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what the other part is. The receivers are great. Ben's not playing bad. Um, but there's just no balance on the team. Yeah, I haven't heard. Uh, I didn't actually see the game. Like I saw the first half of it, but apparently, like throughout the entire game, the Steelers had the case of the dropsies. Like they were mm-hmm. dropping all sorts of passes, and Mike Tomlin kind of called him out on a press conference on it. And I mean, it's just, it seems like there's a lot that's wrong within the locker room. Not in terms of like players getting along, but just their focus is just out of whack. Mm. And so, but give Washington credit, that credit is due. I mean, going into Pittsburgh with a 
lesser talented team and be able to get a win, you know, that's, that's pretty remarkable. And then Alex Smith overcoming what he has done. I know, I know post rolling his eyes at me again, I'll say it every week, but for him to get that, that win after coming back from what he did, I mean, I know people were saying this like five weeks ago, but like, again, he's come back player of the year before he stepped on the practice field. So. Okay. So, um, <laughs> don't dismiss that. I'm not indulging you. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next topic, unless you have anything else you want to add. I, I will say this. I've never been more excited to see Washington win a game. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) they don't come often. Um, My next topic is going to be about the Browns and Titans game. The score is going to be a little misleading here. 41-35 is your final. Browns beat the Titans. Uh, At halftime, this game was 38-7. to The Titans got two garbage time touchdowns to make it look close. It was 41-21. And... So I think the Titans were just completely dominated by Cleveland in this game. Um, I was surprised. Uh, I didn't anticipate the Browns coming out like that. I actually took the under in this game, and that was pretty much done after the first half. Um, The the Browns almost beat it by themselves. Um, but I, I thought two teams that run the ball, there's going to be less possessions and, you know, turnover here or there on each side, and it just didn't happen. But the the thing, the weird thing here is that the Browns are 9-3, and three, and everybody talks about the Browns like they're 4-5 and five, or whatever it would be, 4-8. and eight. Because every all anyone can talk about is that the Browns struggle or the Browns are overhyped or the and now it's like okay, we're nine and three. We just beat the Titans. Now they're not I wouldn't say that they're contenders, but they're gonna put up a good game. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I just – so I, I listened to um, First Things First only for Nick Wright because Brandon Marshall's pretty worthless. Um, but the, the notion that, you know, Baker Mayfield makes too many commercials or – the the goal is to win a Super Bowl or the whatever. I think this this is the Browns taking a step in the right direction. I think this is a step where they maybe move off Odell because they haven't had him for most of this year and they're still doing very well. Maybe realizing they don't need um not that, I mean it's nice to have Odell, but maybe you could put that money towards um a linebacker or um an offensive lineman or something um, and still have Jarvis Landry and everything. 
So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I just, I mean, the Browns, I think, are legit. I think if, if they're in any other division, you know, the Steelers, which, you know, Ben just said he thinks the Steelers might lose three of their next four. The Browns are still in this to win the division then. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Browns are as good as what their record says they are, but they do need to lose that, you know, four and eight perception. Um, uh, th- their wins have not been pretty at times, and their losses have been pretty ugly. How are you know, they? A, a W is a W. Exactly, W is a W. And this win against Tennessee is, I'd say, it's their second, uh, probably their second big win. To where people can kind of nod their heads at. First one was the Colts. Second one was the Titans. Um, and so people are kind of nodding their heads at that. Uh, but they're playing the NFC East as their NFC team. And then you have the AFC South, which they actually swept the AFC South. So congrats to Jacksonville. Or not the Jacksonville, good Lord. Congrats to uh, Cleveland. (laughs) I'm sorry, I misspoke there. But congrats to Cleveland. But at the same time, when they run up against these uh, better teams uh, and a lot more consistent teams, not even that, not even that. If they go up against a team with a good pass rush, that's when Cleveland starts to whittle a little bit because when they go up against teams that don't have the necessarily the best pass rush they they struggle um it, it's very uh it was kind of very evident like the colts defense is literally what kept him in that browns game uh, they didn't really do much in the first half but they absolutely shut down the browns in the second half getting pressure on baker mayfield causing interceptions but the titans get any pressure on baker mayfield and he had a heyday. So as long as Baker Mayfield's comfortable, then it looks like he can uh, get the Browns wins and play pretty respectful. The The question is, though, can they provide him that protection every week? And so maybe it is, you know, get rid of Odell and get some offensive linemen help. But uh, I still think that they are, their record could also be a tad bit misleading. I mean, I, I think I think it's a matter of the, the Cleveland can't get down because once you get down, then you have to start throwing it. Cleveland needs to run the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, that needs to be their go-to. And then run the play action off of that mm-hmm. um, to reduce the pass rush. The defensive side of the ball, though, for Cleveland, like teams have moved it a little, you know, on Cleveland's defense, but Miles Garrett, I don't know about you. Right now, I think he's probably the top choice for defensive player of the year right now. Uh yeah, I, I think you can make a case for Bruckner. But I mean, I guess that's a little Colts bias there. Yeah, I think that's a little Colts bias there. I, I would like, say I'd say Miles Garrett probably um or TJ Watt. Yeah, I was gonna say uh TJ Watt or Aaron Donald are probably your top 
three or so. There's probably someone I'm missing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Adams, probably not defensive player of the year, but he's been one of the top performers. Um, I just think the the Browns are able to create pressure on the defensive side. And as long as they can keep Baker in a manager role, then I think they put up a really good fight. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't think the Browns, you know, this is like the next step, you know, like the Browns this year will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um they might, you know, depending on how the seeding falls, maybe they win a playoff game and then they you run it back next year and you see what you do. Um, but I, I don't know. The, the tune in Cleveland is changing. I think they found their head coach. I think they're uh, Kevin Stefanski. I think he has done a great job this year. They finally got off of Freddie Kitchens and that disaster. Um, so I think they finally have a head coach that's competent and able to do his job. Um, I don't know what to make of the Titans, though, out of this. <laughs> because there are some weeks where the Titans just look dominant. And then you have this week where they're down 38-7 at half to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, question marks because it's like Tennessee really dominated Indianapolis just one week before. But at the same time, I'm not really entirely convinced by Tennessee's win in that regard because of the Colts didn't have two of their best rushers and – we were missing Jonathan Taylor. I don't really think that one had a huge impact, but the Colts got all three of those guys did next week. And they, you could definitely see the difference that they provided. And when the Colts had those guys uh, going up against Tennessee earlier in the season, they absolutely rolled Tennessee. So uh, not having Colts, not having Bruckner really affected the play of uh, Buckner Buckner. I'm sorry. I don't know why (laughs) I always like to put an R there. Anyway, and so the Colts not having him allow Tennessee to just absolutely run up the ball and then play action with Ryan Tannehill. And time. It, it was just an absolute mess for the Colts. However, the Browns who are very, who are known for their defense and weren't missing any key defensive players, at least not to my knowledge, you know, they gave the Titans all sorts of fits and then Tennessee, they don't really have much of a pass rush. And so that allowed Cleveland to really roll them. And so I think it was just in a huge matchup problem for uh, for Tennessee in that game. I don't think Tennessee is that good. So uh, I'm, I wouldn't have been surprised for a dominant win by the Browns. I don't think I would have projected that dominant, though. Okay. Um, quick question before I send it back over to you for your next topic. Yes. I was recently asked, um, with the Christmas season being here, 
Um, if I were to get a Colts jersey, who would I get? And I, I, you know, there's several factors that go into picking a jersey. Um, but I, I think my three I went with was Quentin Nelson one, Kenny Moore two, and DeForest Buckner three. What is yours for the, have, for the for the Christmas shoppers out there? Do you have a Darius Leonard jersey? Yes, I'm sorry. That's that is an important caveat. I already have a Darius Leonard jersey. Okay, I was gonna say because that's the my one bad. I want. My, my bad. My bad. I should have. Yeah, I should recognize that. So one would be Darius Leonard. Two would be Quentin Nelson. Yeah. So so shift them all down for Darius Leonard. But I already have Darius Leonard, so that's why that's mine. Yeah. So uh, I would like. Shoot, I messed up when someone asked me that too. I just, you know, I gave that list, not even thinking, oh, well, they might not have a Darius Leonard jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I am a new Colts fan, don't have any jerseys. Uh, well, I'm not necessarily new, but just looking for a new jersey. Well, yeah, yeah, but like, it, if I'm trying to like imagine this, I'd say Darius Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson are your easy number ones and twos, because um, you want to get a jersey of a guy who's probably going to retire with the Colts or at least have a very long career with the Colts. Yes, that is a heavy factor and sometimes you misjudge that. Sometimes you think, "Hey, this guy's 29 and he's a punter, he's probably going to be there for a while and then you get his jersey and a month later he retires." <laughs> oh, see, I wonder who that was. <laughs> <laughs> However, I, I still don't think a Pat McAfee jersey is a bad call for you. You know, I it is not. I, I still wear it. Yep. But I got a sweatshirt here right now. Yep. So we established in a one and two. Uh Buckner, he's a good option for number three. Call me crazy. I don't think TY is a bad option at four. TY is not a bad option. I'm just concerned because he's getting older. And I'm he's not getting... sure how many years he has left as a Colt. Mm-hmm. I think I think he retired. You know, I think he stays with the Colts, but it depends. This is a contract year for him. Yeah, and it yeah. depends where the money goes. Yeah. See, so if you're if you're thinking Ty, maybe you want to hold off to like the next birthday or something like that. Just kind of listen to see if he gets re-signed or not. I would assume they're going to re-sign him. However. You just just kind of listen for it, okay? Uh, my goodness, if Marlon Mack could stay healthy, I'd say he <laughs> would be a it would be an awesome option. But again, contract year, he's making uh, way on the Jonathan Taylor and uh, yeah, don't Pittman don't, don't buy the rookie hype just yet. Yeah. Because you know how many people. Unless are... maybe Julian Blackman, you might be able to buy that okay. rookie. Okay, okay. I will say that if you have to get a rookie, if you have to get a rookie, you want to get a rookie, get Blackman. Okay. People are going to wonder who in the world he is outside of Colts Nation, but just say you know what he's say one, he's one. You of say the best hey, it's defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Who? <laughs> Who's getting it? Uh, I don't know. There have been lots of talk. Chase, Chase Young's the only other option. Well, yeah, I mean, that'd be a very, very good option. But Julian Blackman's playing crazy. 
Agreed, agreed. But again, I think the problem with Blackman is he's just not known around the league. Okay. The um the other thing, real quick, is I was also asked Pacers. So I didn't really have a good answer for that. What you might. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, if it's not Sabonis, what uh, you're taking a risk there. Um, you the, could the, roll the if if the sorry the what would seem like the obvious choice is Oladipo, but he's in several trade rumors, and right now they're saying he's going to stay, but he's coming up on his deal, and I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe hold out to see if he can sign a deal with the Pacers. But I think even then they move, you know, trades and stuff in the NBA are crazy. Yeah. So getting a Pacers jersey, it's really getting an NBA jersey even anymore. You know, you might as well just go with like a classic Hall of Famer, you know, like a Reggie Miller jersey or something like that. Just because of how much player movement in the NBA is. I'll tell you what a little hack for NBA. So in the NBA, it's very star driven. I tend to follow players. So here's what you do because the NBA, they move like none other. So even like the super superstars still get moved. Um, unless you're LeBron, which I mean, he, he does the moving himself. I was going to say, I mean, but you're not going to see LeBron James get traded or anything on un- unexpectedly. Um, and you can lock in the Anthony Davis Laker jersey right now after he just re-signed. But um, what I like to do is I have a player I like, and they switch teams, and then that jersey becomes pretty cheap from the old team. <laughs> for instance, I have a Houston Rockets Chris Paul jersey, and I got it for like 20 bucks instead of what it would have been like 75 or something. Like you can, they, the markdown is crazy on the older jerseys. And if you don't mind the team that they were on, just go with that. I'm looking into the Thunder Chris Paul jerseys now. See, that's not, it's not a terrible idea. Um, I don't, I wish I would have gotten a Clippers Chris Paul jersey. Uh, See, as a Pacer fan, I don't really know. Because, like, the only one you could have done that in recent memory is, like, Paul George, in which he's, like, literally the most hated man in Pacer Nation. No, right now the Pacers don't really have an option as far as recent. Um, Maybe Lance Stevenson. No. Got, okay, okay, you you can roll your Gosh. eyes. You, you can roll your he's eyes. He's not good. I was going to say, it doesn't matter whether he's good or not. Pacer Nation loves him. Okay, you can't deny that. I mean, uh, for some un- inex- inexplicable reason. So here's the deal: Pacer Nation must love guys who turn the ball over and miss threes. That's all I. That's all I got. He doesn't well, do anything else. Well, let's be honest here. When Lance Stevenson puts on the blue and gold, he actually is not a terrible player. <laughs> he was not good this last time. He was on the team. He was a mark. I I work for the Pacers. He is a marquee guy mm-hmm. for the Pacers this last year or year before that he was on the team. 
and he did jack squat that entire season. But the fans love him. <laughs> I don't understand it. That'd be like rooting for Curtis Painter. No. Let me find a better Colts equivalent. Uh, you know, let me get back to you on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was for the that was for the Christmas shoppers out there. Don't get a Pacers jersey. Um, <laughs> if if Debo resigns, then maybe. I mean, I see that's a risk to do like the sign and trade and stuff. So I, I'm. Well, here's the thing with Oladipo jerseys. He's still from IU. He played for the Pacers. As it's long still, as it doesn't, as yeah, long as it doesn't gonna end make badly, yeah. yes. As long as it doesn't end badly like Paul George did, I don't see it being the worst thing in the but world. But still, wait for that resign. Yeah, you don't want to get it and then him gone. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Ben, we got the Christmas shoppers taken care of. What's what you got next? I got something on my Christmas list that has to do with your next topic. Okay, so the Philadelphia Eagles were playing the Green Bay Packers, and you know, nothing surprising in this one. Green Bay absolutely smacked around Philadelphia, but then Philadelphia made a change. Some people thought it was long overdue, some people thought the change should never happen. However, it happened anyway. Jalen Hurst, former Alabama quarterback, uh, went to Oklahoma, gets drafted to the Eagles in the second round, gets put in, while Carson Wentz gets benched. Um, You know, Bo and I have been defending Carson Wentz for basically the the longevity of this show. Um, You know, Bo has been absolutely his bodyguard i could be a little bit critical of him but i still kind of lean towards carson Wentz because i know he is a good quarterback um but there's there comes a point in time where i have to say you got to do what you have to do okay i don't think carson Wentz is a bad quarterback but i do think his fit in philadelphia is a poor fit and it is affecting his play and it is making him play awful and in philadelphia um the i feel like the organization has been bad in philadelphia for the last few years in terms of getting him help and carson wentz's play has just been atrocious now the sacks you can't help it okay he's the most sacked quarterback in the league it's not even close really you can't help that but the interceptions he leads the league in interceptions and Tom Brady's in second place from the, by the way, you know, I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, no, that's, but, that's great. Yeah. So, but what I'm going with is for the Carson Wentz defenders out there, I know they're probably absolutely, you know, scattering right now. Take a deep breath, acknowledge that his poor play is there. It's not necessarily the quarterback who he is. It's just the slump he's in right now. And that it might be for the good of both the organization and Carson Wentz if they just move off each other. You know, this this is a as Colin Coward would say, this is a toxic marriage, okay? They need a divorce, okay? They they Colin need knows a, about divorce. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you 
you don't have a bad marriage and then have a baby and try to save it. Okay. You get a divorce and you both move on and be happy in other ways. Okay. I didn't want this to be the angle our show took, but (laughs) all right, I'll, I'll swing it back. Point is, I don't disagree with the Carson Wentz benching. I think the Eagles need to start looking at a different direction on their quarterback. I don't think Jalen Hurts played that great, but he did provide a little bit of a spark for the Eagles to get back into that game. But boy, I can no longer defend Carson Wentz in terms of he should always be the starting quarterback this year because he hasn't played well enough. And frankly, I think the Eagles need to move off him and Carson Wentz needs a uh, restart. So I got a lot here. I got a lot here. Oh, I'm sitting back. <laughs> the 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 problem here, Carson Wentz's contract is toxic for the Eagles right now. If they cut him, it is sixty million dollars in dead cap. If they trade him, it's thirty five. Four. No, it's thirty four. They keep him, it's thirty five. Trade him, it's thirty four. Yeah. Um, it's. So the contract is no, – I mean, that's so much money to not have in your cap to move off of a guy. Um, I think it's interesting to see how, like, this and maybe Jared Goff's deal affects the deals that people like Baker, um, Dak. I'm trying to think who the other guy is. Coming up, um, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. How if they get paid early, or because um, that's what happened with Wentz. They paid him early, and now they're locked in this deal, and now they don't want him anymore. Um, so that's the first thing. It's it's if you can find a way to trade him, it's better, but it's still a lot now. Here's a hot take. I don't think Doug Peterson's a very good coach. Oh, I absolutely agree. He has not been anything since Frank Wright left. He is. I mean, he won the Super Bowl and he's terrible with the media. His teams have been terrible. I don't think he's a good coach. No arguments here. I'm a, I I don't think he's that good either. You know, certainly if he was available, I think there are a couple team, a couple places he could go and be a improvement at coaching. But I don't think he, I don't think he's what people were saying. He, you know, I don't think he's what the, what people are saying he is like in terms of always oh, in the bill Belichick, Kyle Shanahan. No, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's definitely not up there. Um, and a lot of people were saying, Oh, well, he might not be up there, but he's like a tier below. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't even think he's there. No. Uh, uh, I just don't think he's managed his team well. And, you know, it's just it, there's just so many things that are wrong with Philadelphia, and I don't think it's just on the field. No, I don't think so either. And I don't foresee – so the Eagles won the uh, Super Bowl, what, three years ago? And um, 
I do not foresee them getting back there within the next 10 years. At least. Um, yeah. Well, not with Carson Wentz's contract. No, I just mean, even if you get rid of Wentz, if you get rid of Wentz and you're starting over and you're... Well, I mean, if, if they get rid of Wentz, uh, it's a $35 million cap hit. Yeah, but if you hang on to Wentz, it's still that hit. Is You're just paying Wentz. I just, I don't... Here's, here's Bottom line, Philadelphia, <laughs> irrelevant. The... Um, Here's what I absolutely love about what I saw on Sunday. Carson Wentz gets benched. His value has never been lower. They might have to beg teams to trade. And the perfect fit is Indianapolis. And we are going to run this league for 15 well you know 10 years i this i am so pumped you don't understand now get you said i'm like carson Wentz's bodyguard no i can criticize he has a tendency this year to make a bad play a terrible play he he has taken sack fumbles when he should throw it away. He's, I mean, it's the decision-making has got to be fixed, but Carson Wentz played like an MVP for 13 games. His offensive coordinator was Frank Reich. Ever since Frank Reich has left, he has not looked the same. Part of that's, I think, due to him and coaching. Part of that's due to the injuries that the Eagles have had the past two years. Right now, the Colts are paying Phillip Rivers $25 million and they're paying Jacoby Brissett 15. If they brought in, those are both up at the end of the year. If they bring in Carson Wentz, they're paying him, I think 25 on the cap and then a bonus. So it's like 30 to 35. Um, so it's less than what we are currently paying for quarterback to have Carson Wentz on the team and have, you know, a couple year experiment. Um, we have a great offensive line. This is, you know, <laughs> Carson Wentz, he's from like North Dakota. I think, I think Indianapolis is a perfect spot for him. And I think, I hmm. this would be slightly worse than what we would have gotten if Andrew Luck had stayed. Because I, I think Andrew Luck was a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. But oh, yeah, that's... Carson Wentz, I think, is a great quarterback and behind a good offensive line, so he's not getting hit. Give him a good running game. You give him some good receivers. You give him a great defense. This is what we worked for before Andrew Luck retired. And it's right there. And it's cheap. I don't see us giving up more than a third-round pick for Carson Wentz. That, I mean, I mm, I am so excited. I want – I. I have to wait till the offseason. We've hit the trade deadline, but I 
cannot wait. I want this so, so, so bad. See, here, here's, uh, here's where Bo's going to, you know, go off on me. I don't mind the idea of Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis. However, I would rather go after Sam Darnold. Now, hey, you you thought I was going to go off on you. I'm calm. Okay. I'm I'm cool. I'm (laughs) I'm just waiting for it. (laughs) I don't think that's a bad option either. Yeah, I I don't. I don't think it's a bad option. I would prefer Wentz. I think, but and and that's a fair argument. Just because of the Frank Wright connection. Yeah, that's what I like. What I like is I get a younger quarterback with Sam Darnold, and though Sam Darnold has had his injuries, he's still kind of the kissing disease. Yeah, he's still kind of fresh in the league, I guess. Yeah. So I think he'd be a little I think he's a little more than Wentz would be, though. That is true. I think you're having to give up a first or something for Darnold. That's fair. But you know, you say Carson Wentz, and you know, we're we're talking about 10 years. You had said 15 earlier and then corrected yourself. I think you could get that 15 from Sam Darnold. 15 is tough if you don't get them right out of the draft. 15 is a long time. I mean, Peyton played for 18. Tom Brady's played for 100. Um, well, they're, those are – okay, I'm not putting Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold in the pantheon of quarterbacks <laughs> right now. <laughs> they're not on the Mount Rushmore, okay? Okay. <laughs> But you know, even Matt Ryan, how long's he been in the league? He's he's getting up there. Yeah, not as long as that. Well, obviously, but you know, it, it'll be interesting. I'm not going to be mad with the Colts. Uh, if the Colts, I'll get tell you what. One. I tell you what, we better get one of them. Yeah, I will. I will be upset if we end up with neither. Yeah, if we like. Resign Philip Rivers for another year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just let him coach the high school kids, man. <laughs> no, I if we the the only way I'm mad is if we get to next year and we don't have either Wentz or Darnold in a Colts jersey. Because we're not we're not drafting anybody. We're we're gonna have too bad of a pick to mm-hmm. draft a great quarterback. From what the sounds of it is, this guy we drafted this past year in the fourth round sounds like he's about like a fourth round quarterback. <laughs> I mean, Jacob Eason, he got benched for Jake Fromm. So, I mean, so, I mean, you know, take that as you may, but I just, um, man. I'm just imagining having competent quarterback play with this team. Because then I think we're a threat. Mm-hmm. I will give Phil Rivers this. He has been playing a lot better. So He has been playing a lot better, although I do not enjoy the 30 seconds of audible so we can gain half a yard on a run. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, look out for that guy. Here you go. Oh, you only gained half a yard. How'd that happen? Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I'm Carson Wentz is on my Christmas list in Indianapolis. Chris Ballard, you got the chance to be Santa Claus here. Now, here's a question. Is there any way Carson Wentz stays in Philadelphia? I don't see a way. I mean, I suppose there's a way he stays, but I don't see a way that he stays and it's good. <laughs> I think I think it is long overdue for Carson Wentz to get out of Philadelphia, and Philadelphia can be their irrelevant selves without him. Mm-hmm. See, there will be a huge difference from Carson Wentz walking past the Nick Foles statue to him walking past the Peyton, the Peyton Manning, Manning statue. statue. I like it. I like it. Ooh. It'll, it'll be, yeah, that actually deserves to be there as opposed to, bro. <laughs> Wait a minute. Shots <laughs> fired at Nick Foles. Bro. He won the stinking Super Bowl. And he deserves a statue? No, I don't. I, yeah, I don't understand why they built I mean, Nick Foles. Let's get Trent Dilford a statue. You know, you get a statue and you get a statue and you get a statue. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand why the full statue happened. It's like he played six games. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. A big, you know, but- a big, a big reason why Nick Foles gets that statue is because Carson Wentz was playing like an MVP for the regular season. Yeah, it's like and got I just, them home field advantage. It's like here. You, you got to stay in your nice little home all the way to the Super Bowl. Then you got to play in a nice stadium. Uh, and he had two weeks to prep, to prep. You know, Nick Foles won Super Bowl. I'm not going to take that away from him or anything. But a statue, come on, man. Come on, man. I don't care if you put him in your ring of honor. I don't care if you put him in, you know, I don't care what you do with him. Okay, don't put a statue while he's still in the league. And sucking. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You got you got benched for Trubisky, man. I, that's not. Oh my word, that's Bears are a whole another. See, that's what I fear. I fear the Bears end up with one of the quarterbacks I want. <laughs> it's like, hey, we'll take uh, Carson Wentz. You can have Nick Foles back. Oh, yeah, that'll sell tickets. And Doug Peterson's like, yeah, so that's what we've wanted this whole time. <laughs> um, So moving on, we got some James Harden drama in the NBA. Oh, he, uh, dear. I heard this. He didn't show up to camp. He's now reported to camp uh, and, you know, been tested and everything. Um, he requests initially requested a trade saying he wanted to go to the nets. Um, there's not really James Harden, I think got some bad advice. I'm not sure what he's planning on doing. He has no leverage. His deal has two more years and then another one on it. Um, so up to three years, he can opt out of the last year, I believe, but he's got two more years on his deal. So there's no like urgency to get him out. Um, there's no, uh, there's no nerves on the, on the receiving end of the trade because he's not a one-year rental. You'd have him for two years. So he, you know, just because he says he wants to go to the nets, no team is going to be scared to trade for him because they know they get him for two years because of his contract. Um, and the bottom line is the nets don't have 
the resources to put together a trade for James Harden unless they included Kyrie Irving, who Kevin Durant signed in Brooklyn to play with and has not yet played a game with him. So I don't understand why they would make that trade before they've even had a chance to play together. Oh, um, I would trade, uh, you know, Kyrie for James Harden. I mean, in a heartbeat. No, it's that's not the point. <laughs> the the point is is that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving worked together to sign in Brooklyn to play together, and they have not yet played a game together. So while it does make sense on paper to trade Kyrie Irving for James Harden, it wouldn't make sense for Durant to organize this whole thing with Kyrie and then ship him out before they've played together. <laughs> um, but Durant's kind of a snake anyway, so that might happen still. But the um, he he recently has come out and said that he indicated that he'd also be open to a trade to the Sixers and other contenders such as uh, Milwaukee and Miami. Um, so now you know some some teams. You know you're starting to see the potential trades coming out and. Um, I don't know if we talked about the Westbrook trade on here uh, with John Wall. Did we talk about that last? Yeah. Week? Yeah. We talked about that. Okay. So the, you're starting to see the potential trades with Harden um, to uh, like the Sixers to the heat. Now Milwaukee, he said Milwaukee. Um, and I saw <laughs> uh, Nick Wright this morning said, you know, James Harden said, He'd be willing to be traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. He might as well have said he'd be willing to be traded to Milwaukee Brewers because there's no possible way the Milwaukee Bucks can make a trade for James Harden unless they want to take a, like a low bench player for him uh, because there's just no – they're not going to trade Giannis and there's just nothing – no package that the Bucks can make to get James Harden. Uh, Miami has a package that they could do if they – you know, took Tyler Harrow and Kendrick Nunn, um, kind of blew up their um, young base. Probably not Bam Adebayo, um, but Iguodala. Um, they could offer up those young players and send them over. Uh, not Iguodala. Iguodala's old, but he's making a lot of money to make the contracts work. Um, they could send those over for James Harden, kind of like what we were talking about that uh, Miami might make potentially for Giannis, but Giannis sounds like he's going to be resigning in Milwaukee. So um, I, here's the, the, just real quick, the bottom line is James Harden has just returned to camp. It sounds like all the, the uh, um, other players and agents were not supportive of Harden's actions saying that, um, he wasn't being professional and whatnot. Um, I'm just interested to see how this plays out for Harden. Yeah, you you had mentioned Miami. Uh, what, that was one point I wanted to hit on. I don't think Miami would go for it, mostly because when Jimmy Butler has to deal with players that don't necessarily you know have the best attitude he tends to not get along with them at all uh so i think jimmy it'd, butler, definitely be, it'd definitely be a question to ask jimmy butler 
if he was yeah. open to it. Because like Giannis, he Giannis is a nice dude. Okay, you know anybody can play with Giannis. Harden, on the other hand, he seems like he's going to be a little bit tougher to play with. And uh, let me tell you, he thinks the nightlife in Houston's great. He's going to love the nightlife in Miami. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Harden's got his jersey hanging from the rafters in some uh, establishments, if you're getting my drift. <laughs> uh, just for some wings, you know? <laughs> no, that's Lou Williams. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're similar establishments. <laughs> but... Um, I don't, I don't see I don't see Miami risking that. I think Jimmy Butler likes the young guys he's around, and I think Miami kind of I think Miami's in a good spot right now. If you can get a guy like Giannis, get him. But if not, I think you're in a good spot right now. Now, if what I could see happening, I don't know. I don't know about the whole players and uh, money situation. But I could see Houston shipping him over to Toronto and doing another uh, Kawhi situation. Only this time, I don't think Harden could get the job done like Kawhi did. Well, it wouldn't quite be a Kawhi situation because Harden has two years left on his deal. Who would who do you think the Raptors are sending back? Well, that's the thing. I don't really know because I don't know. They don't. Yeah, they don't have the ability to. But I'm just throwing it out there that you know a lot of times when you have those rent players or players that you know kind of cause trouble you send them up north to toronto where no one wants to play and uh <laughs> just send them the exact opposite of where they want to go yeah. um i mean james harden really i don't understand where he thinks he has the leverage he has two years left on his contract that's not changing um the rockets can pick wherever they want to send him um I'm trying to think the only thing with Miami is if Jimmy Butler was with it, um, James Harden is a great offensive player and a great scorer. And that's something that Miami kind of lacks a little bit. Um, Obviously, you know, Tyler Harrow had flashes in the bubble. Um, Kendrick Nunn didn't play in the bubble. I didn't I have he was up for rookie of the year. I didn't get to see him play too much. Um but I think that's something that the that the Heat could benefit from is to have like James Harden be your primary offensive guy and have Jimmy Butler be your primary defensive guy and Bam Adebayo would play in both ways. Um I think that potentially works well i'm not saying i don't know i i think that potentially works well i guess is all i'm saying um but i don't know what's gonna happen i mean he could go anywhere (laughs) what's interesting is that the sixers daryl morey just signed on as a gm there and that's he just left Houston as the GM and he's been the GM the whole time Harden's been there and he brought Harden in. So it'd be interesting to me to have the Sixers trade for James Harden. (laughs) Like he's just going to run it back with Harden again, but the Harden trade to Philly works the best 
if you flip like uh, Simmons, maybe send Ben Simmons to Houston and um, Harden over to Philly to play with Embiid. That's the trade that I think makes the most sense of anything right now. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I heard a report. I'm not sure where I heard it from. I think it was on like I think it might have been on the herd or something like that. That you know, the GM, the current GM is not interested, or maybe the coach is not interested in uh getting splitting Embiid and Simmons. Currently they're not. If you if you get up to the trade deadline, they're not working, that might be different. So that's what I think right now Houston is in a period where they're going to wait and see kind of how things go um, around the league. If, does Ben Simmons become available? Does, um, you know, other teams who gets hurt, do other teams, you know, make other adjustments, stuff like that. So I think right now up until the trade deadline, I'm guessing Harden's still going to be in Houston. Yeah. He's just become he's just become a problem child of lately. What a troubled child. Okay, well, we're gonna go to a news break real quick. Let me read you off some headlines um, that have come through. I have I've got ten headlines. So, oh shoot. Josh Gordon got reinstated by the NFL. He's eligible to play the final two games of the regular season with Seattle. Will those be his final two games? We don't know. Josh Gordon's had the weirdest career of anybody. I remember thinking that the Browns might have had a chance to be somewhat relevant with Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon with Johnny Manziel. There was a, there was a lot of hype around him. I didn't think Manziel was that good, but I think thought he had a lot of weapons and I thought if Manziel could be at least somewhat competent, which I turned out to be wrong there, that that could have worked, but boy, that failed and that really flopped. Um, The NBA will not test for marijuana this season in their drug testing. Well, that'll be interesting. J.R. Smith's going to be having a party. I mean, as much as I don't like the idea, uh, it can be used for a painkiller, and it's legal in most of the states now. It's still not legal in Indiana, fun fact. But in a lot of the states, it is legal. So I don't think they should infringe upon them in that regard. But it'll be interesting (laughs) to see the effects of players high as a kite before a game or something like that. (laughs) Uh, So DeMar DeRozan had a interesting thing happened he chased a uh trespasser out of his house um so the story i got from the article is that he heard uh something happening at his house in la that included one of his children 
Um, and he went to go check it out and he found the trespasser and he chased the man out of his house. Um, the trespasser told police that he was looking for Kylie Jenner's house, not DeRozan's. Um, <laughs> and when asked about it, DeRozan said that he grew up in Compton. He's been through worse. I mean, it's in it's 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 definitely a interesting story. Uh, it just goes to show you like how different these lives of these NBA players are from where they grew up and where they started to where they're at currently. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm you could probably make countless movies about uh, you know players just growing up in these uh you know these rough parts of towns and all that stuff and just how their nba and their ability to play basketball has led to their success Mm -hmm. um paul george signed (laughs) a five-year extension with uh 226 million dollars with the clippers No wonder why he choked. He was choking on all that money. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, I've never seen a player choke that bad and get paid. I mean, here's an interesting one. Here's an interesting one. Speaking of James Harden, Paul George for James Harden. Well, and so you know some other things, but yeah. <sighs> and you try out Harden and Kawhi. Honestly, I think that could work. I think it could too. It'd be very fascinating. And Ty Lu would be the coach. Speaking of which, I feel like there was Paul George kind of like bashed uh, Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers actually responded to it saying, Well, Ty Lu was right next to me, so you're going to be seeing a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw uh, Paul George said something about the players weren't prepared when they blew the 3-1 lead and didn't make adjustments. Uh, it's just kind of putting it on the coaching staff. You you could have adjusted your shot a little bit uh, shooting a three. Paul George hit. is the last person that should have been saying anything about what happened in the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Ohio State. Uh, in college football, uh, they were supposed to play Michigan. That got canceled due to increasing cases at Michigan. I have another theory. I feel like Michigan knows that they're going to get blown out by Ohio State. So how do we not get embarrassed? Uh, we say we have a lot of cases, so we can't play. What else does that do? It gives the opportunity for Ohio State to get screwed out of the ability to play for the Big Ten Championship. But the Big Ten's going to adjust the rules so that Ohio State can play, and then they're going to be able to make the playoff too. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was definitely the right thing to do. I was a little disappointed, though, because if Ohio State wasn't able to play in the Big Ten championship game, that would have allowed IU to play for the Big Ten championship. Yeah. And that would have been pretty cool because when you think IU, you do not think about their football team. No. No, the IU team has been very good this year. I – I don't understand the Ohio State's played five games. 
Um, I think the best game they played was, or the best team they played was Indiana. Mm-hmm. And they only beat them by seven. They were supposed to beat them by like 22 or something. Well, they were actually beating them pretty handily. It, IU made a pretty good comeback. Uh, but either way, I mean, the, yeah. the final score, I mean, the rankings, I don't, here's what, I don't understand the college rankings. I don't, I, this is why I don't like college football. Um, I don't understand the rankings and you know, who's going to be, you know, Clemson, Alabama and Ohio state are going to be three of the four teams that are in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Like what is, and you know that they might not have the best record, but it's them. <laughs> well, and there's it, so many colleges. I don't understand how there's not more. I mean, obviously like recruiting and everything that, but I don't understand how there's not at least a little more, uh, you know, fluidity amongst the teams and the talent. See, here's what's hard about it and what makes college basketball a lot easier to follow is because you have, you can have so many more games out of conference, but with college football, you really can't. It's, you know, you got to play the teams within your conference and then you can have a couple out of conference games and then you got to have to judge it based on that. Yeah. But you can judge based on what conference is the best. The SEC, it's hands down the best conference. So it doesn't matter if Alabama has two losses, you know, those were probably against good SEC teams. So you're going to have them in as opposed to an undefeated Pac-12 team. Okay. But the ACC is very bad outside of Clemson and this year, Notre Dame, which Clemson usually rolls everybody because that's such a bad conference. Yeah. And honestly, like Notre Dame, I don't even know what the category is in Notre Dame. They're, they're, they're like a, they're They're an independent, independent, but they're in the ACC this year. Yeah. I believe they were put in the ACC because of, uh, they couldn't get games. Yeah. They couldn't get games because of COVID. So they were in the ACC. Yeah, so like all these teams like and now they're playing in the championship against Clemson. Yeah, so honestly, if I'm the ACC, those are better games. Yeah. If I'm the ACC, I'm making a huge, huge offer to Notre Dame to stick around. Oh, for sure. Give me someone else besides I mean the Clemson. That I I don't that's the product has to be better. Every week. It seems like there's never any good games in college football. It's like if if it's a team you know, it's a blowout, and then or it's teams you don't know. Well, yeah, like to get a good game in college football, it, it, it you get one uh, every few weeks, but to get a good game, you're gonna have to watch a bunch of mediocrity of teams like. Uh, what, like Penn State, Wisconsin, like you know that game was probably a blowout. I don't even remember. And I find it, I find it hard to pick a team to root for when I know that there's no shot of them ever being great, because I know that Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson and Notre Dame and they're all gonna be up there. Yeah, obviously. Just- I mean, I root for Notre Dame, but you know, it's hard for me to root for Indiana when I know that inevitably their season will end up in nothing. 
Yeah, just because of how good, you know, it's unfortunate that they're in the same division as Ohio State because, honestly, Ohio, an Indiana and Ohio State Big Ten championship game, that'd be very interesting to watch. But it because be they're in the quote-unquote same division, they're not going to play. See, Well, they could be in the Big Ten championship. Well, no, because the Big Ten championship, because they have 12 teams in the Big Ten, they divide it in divisions – like East and West. Oh. And Ohio State and Indiana uh, are in the East while Northwestern's in the West. Man, screw this. Which I don't know anything about Northwestern, but I'm pretty sure Indiana and Ohio State are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Now, I'm I guess pretty we'll... sure that's right. So that's unfortunate, but. And Ohio State hasn't played very much. Um, Okay, moving off of college football because, yeah. Um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. announced that he will fight YouTube star Logan Paul in a boxing exhibition scheduled for February 2021. Now, here's the thing. Jake Paul just fought Nate Robinson, and Nate Robinson needed medical attention. That was brutal. It was highly unfortunate because everyone hates Jake Paul, so everyone was hoping he'd get knocked out, but he knocked him out. Now, Floyd Mayweather is a little bit different than Nate Robinson, considering Nate Robinson uh, was a basketball player and he was a short one, and Floyd Mayweather is, like, the best boxer ever. And um, – or, you know, up there. And the uh, – um, and now you have Logan Paul, who – I mean, the Paul brothers are too – the most hated people ever, but um, let's just hope that Logan Paul gets knocked out. That's all we're hoping for here. Really. Yeah. I don't really know much about any of those guys. I know about Floyd Mayweather just because of his fight with Pacquiao and then uh, money Conor McGregor. But outside of that, I really don't know much about boxing or anything. But I know Floyd Mayweather is kind of cocky, so I don't really don't like him. Basically, oh, all boxers are cocky. Yeah, stop it, man. Muhammad Ali said he was the greatest. See, yeah, I don't like cockiness, so boxing is definitely not my game. But we hate Logan Paul more. Is he more cocky than Floyd Mayweather? He's the worst. Okay, then, yeah, let's go Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Although I was... If it's Logan or Jake Paul, we're hoping they get knocked out in the boxing match. <laughs> They're so obnoxious. Okay, sorry. I'm getting off track. Um, the high school football player is facing an assault charge after attacking a referee. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that, ever. The team was uh, eliminated from the Texas playoffs. And so people are going to say that's harsh to eliminate the entire team. However, it's absolutely just, okay? Because the coach has to take responsibility for his players' actions. Mm-hmm. Not only does the player take responsibility of his actions, but that responsibility also falls on the coach. It falls on the athletic department. I mean, honestly, if he is capable of doing that, he should not be playing. Like, that's when the athletic department needs to step in. The coaching staff needs to step in. If you think he is capable of doing that, which honestly, any player is 
quote unquote capable of. But if you fear that that isn't actually something that's potential to happen, that is on you because you put them out and on the field to where that could happen. You know, bad calls happen all the time. Now, maybe the ref was uh, like, I don't know. Maybe he was like taunting him or something like that or mistreating the player. I don't know the whole story about it. I'm sure if anything like that happens, it'll be reported eventually. But for the player to do what he did, it's absolutely unacceptable. And yeah, the team should be eliminated. And honestly, the coaching staff, they're going to be under the spotlight for a while and possibly terminated because of an inability to control your players. I frankly, I just couldn't believe what I saw. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, I guess we should explain. So the, he had gotten a personal foul. He got a second personal foul to get ejected from the game. And then he sprinted out and just wait, like laid out the ref. Um, it, I mean, it was, I've never seen anything like it. I never thought I would see anything like it. I mean, it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. One of the wildest videos ever. Yeah, that's just a lack of discipline and honestly, very, very selfish on his part. Yeah. Uh, the Jets fired Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, after losing to the Raiders. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm pretty sure that – you know, Greg Williams' job was to make sure they lost that game. Yeah. I mean, no, Pat McAfee did make a good point. You know, Greg Williams knew he wasn't coming back next year, so he doesn't care whether the Jets win or lose. Hold on. Have- hold on. I, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Greg Williams wanted to get out of there before he was the defensive coordinator for two O and 16 teams. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was the defensive coordinator for the 0-16 Browns. Oh, dear. <laughs> the guy can't catch a break. <laughs> so so on his resume, he will not he will not have two 0-16 years as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> but on his resume, he's going to blitz eight guys in a Hail Mary situation. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just – I don't – I feel like the – there, we have strong sources that say the Jets are trying to go zero and sixteen this year. I put a five dollar half season bet that they would. Like the 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 Jets, I don't understand why you fired now. Like just write it out at this point. I mean, at this point. I think the Jets are trying to cover up their tanking things. They're like, oh, no, we're not tanking. See, we're going to fire this guy because he blitzed everybody and cost us the game. You know what? Here's a nice little bonus on your way out. (laughs) (laughs) But, Um, yeah, he saved the Jets' future, okay? The guy (laughs) needs all the respect in the world. (laughs) Uh, Tyreek Hill, he made a crazy catch that was not against the Broncos the other night. Oh, I kind of felt for the guy. I mean, it didn't really affect me personally in any way, but I felt for the guy. 
I, oh. I thought the, the catch was crazy. Like, it's definitely worth a highlight watch. Yeah. I'm just surprised the Chiefs punted it as quick as they did. That's what someone said. They're like, you know, maybe you challenge that instead of calling the quickest punt in history. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's not even that they just went out and punted and didn't challenge. That punting unit was punting before the commentators even got back on the play. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, let's look at this again. Wait, 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 wait. They're punting. <laughs> <laughs> And then my last headline here. So Tuesday night, the Cowboys played the Ravens. Big game for Des Bryant uh, coming back to play his old team. Des Bryant is, gets pulled from warmups uh, to go get tested for COVID, which I didn't know they were doing. Is it, I don't know if everyone's getting tested during warmups. Um, it's a weird situation, but uh, let me get through the headline first. He yep. tests he tests positive. They say you can't play. He then proceeds to tweet that he's just going to call it quits on the year. Um, and then it has come out now that that was a false positive. He has tested negative twice for COVID since. Oh, my goodness. I did not hear that second part. Are you kidding me? So he is not happy. I wouldn't be either. By the way, by the way, they already had him. Uh, so he was out there during warmups. He had already like dapped up the entire Cowboys team. <laughs> oh my goodness! That that's oh, I would be livid because like when when I heard what happened is he took a test. It was positive, but there was like a discrepancy with it. I don't know. I think on the herd, they said it was an inconclusive positive. What that means, I don't know. But so they had to retest. Hey, hey, we're 10 months in. We don't know what anything means still. (laughs) (laughs) But we have a vaccine for it. (laughs) (laughs) But so it was inconclusive. We got to test again. He gets tested and it's like, oh, wait, the results are positive. You're warming up. Get off the field but I don't have any symptoms. Get off the field. You're positive. Okay. Well, I'm quitting. Hey, guess what? You weren't really positive. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, you know what? A rough, rough go of it for Des Bryant. You know, I think uh, Jerry Jones, you know, he's a very powerful man. Stuck his hand in there as something, made sure Des Bryant didn't play and embarrassed the Cowboys even more. I mean, I mean, it's just too good to be true in my personal opinion. Well, you know, like Pat McAfee was saying, he was like, uh, you know, I haven't heard of anyone else, you know, getting pulled during warmups 15 minutes before the game to go get tested and get this rapid result back and get the, and get the positive ruling and the getting ruled out. And, and Pat said, so is it something like you see him drop a couple of balls and you say, Hey, go test that guy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I that was that's 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 got me all riled up at the moment because I wanted to see Des Bryant. It was practically the only thing that got me to a TV for that Thursday night game. Now, granted, that I was such it. a terrible Tuesday night game. Now, what do you think? Real quick, what do you think is the future here of NFL scheduling? 
Because the Tuesday night games, I think, work. Hmm. The Wednesday afternoon game didn't. That was that was poor ratings. I mean, games at three. I mean, it was that was three forty. Games at three forty p.m. Uh, on a Wednesday, not great. But a Tuesday night game, and and I would even venture, you know, if you didn't want to do Tuesday night because you you know it makes it a weird you know schedule and everything. Like Saturday is tough because of college and the TV rights. But like a Friday night game, like I just want more opportunities uh, to have something on to watch different teams because you know not everyone can have direct TV ticket. and yeah and watch. I I can't afford one hundred and fifty bucks a month for half the year. Yeah, <laughs> and not to mention you're locked into a two year contract with it. So I was like, Ugh. oh, I didn't even know this. I'm I'm I am Gen Z. I am I hate commitment. I'm not <laughs> signing contracts with TV providers. Oh, it, it gets even worse. <laughs> I can get it, I get Netflix and Hulu. I cancel anytime I want. <laughs> yeah, it gets even worse, Bo, because uh, you uh, your second year with Directv, your price goes up. It to goes 200. up. Yeah, it's terrible. Now every time you call Directv and threaten to leave, they bring it down to where you can't afford to not have them. But I mean, you have to have that call like once a year. Yeah. I I just, the, the bottom line is I, I want more, there's more slots for games to be in uh, where the public would enjoy them. And that creates more opportunities for teams and that creates more revenue for the NFL. I, mm-hmm. I don't see a, I don't see a bad thing having more primetime games. Mm-hmm. I really, I am a big fan of the doubleheader Monday night games where you start one at five o'clock and, and so you're still done by 11 or 1130. I'm not a fan of the doubleheader games where you start at seven and then you don't get done until 3am. But I, I like, I am a fan of the start at five o'clock, start at four 30, run it till 11. Yeah. Just make sure they're all nationally broadcasted. Yeah. Don't, don't do the Steeler Washington thing where it's like, well, Indianapolis doesn't get it, <laughs> but Chicago does. Like, what, what does Chicago have anything to do? Put with it that? on Amazon Prime with the rest of them. Like, I, I, I didn't get it. But notice how the the Ravens and Cowboys game that got national television. Yeah, I and yeah, both That's... postponed for the same reason. And why did the Ravens get an extra day? I don't know. It's beyond me. It's a, it's out of my control. But by golly, if Jerry Jones did not have anything to play, he's the most powerful man in the NFL, and he does not deserve it. <laughs> well, this is going to lead nicely into your next topic. Cowboys got booted off a of Sunday night football for the first time since 2006. Oh, man, yes. I believe they were supposed to play the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yeah. So the Dallas Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones, he loves being on TV. Uh, it's just, it, you know, anytime his the Dallas, well, well, we gotta, we gotta clarify the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest brand in football. They're one of the biggest brands in sports. I worked at lids for 
about six months, I talked to some of the corporate guys. They said there are three teams that we put in every single store nationwide. It's the Cowboys, the Yankees, and the Bulls. And that's that's they're in every single store nationwide, regardless of location. So the Cowboys are massive. Yeah. So, and, and Jerry Jones loves the attention. He loves it. And so it just came down, what was it, yesterday, day before? Something like yeah. that, that the Cowboys have gotten flexed out of Sunday night football on uh the tw- on December twentieth. Uh and honestly, it wasn't even subbed out for that good of a game. It's just the Cowboys. I think on the oh no, the twenty seventh it's good. And this week is good. Yeah, the twentieth's not even a good game. I think the twentieth like the Eagles and 49ers, maybe. No, the Cowboys are playing the Niners on the 29th. Oh, it's the Eagles and what was it? I remember seeing it and thinking, man, that's a disappointing Sunday night football game. <laughs> yeah, so the Cowboys and 49ers game got flexed out of Sunday afternoon's game. The NFL has announced uh, initially 5-7 or 5-7 49ers and the Cowboys. And replaced with the Browns and what Eagles. was that? Browns was it really, Eagles. Was it I really think. Browns Eagles? I think so. I want to. I want to say it was the Eagles were in there. Browns and the Giants. That's what it was. I knew it was NFC East. Browns okay. and the Giants. That's such a bad game. Yeah. Like honestly, it's not a flashy game. I think it could be a good game. But it's no, not it could a flashy be, it, game. It could be a good game, but it sucks. Yeah, it's it's not it's not flashy, okay? So and not to mention the fact it's gonna be the Giants that's gonna be flexed in for the <laughs> over Cowboys. the Cowboys. Oh <laughs> that's gonna make Jerry Jones' hair crawl. But that just shows you, like, even though the Cowboys are such a big brand. It just shows you how unwatchable they have been this year. They're terrible. Once, yeah, once Dak's ankle snapped, I mean, it snapped their season. I mean, pun fully intended there, but <laughs> it's it's for real though. I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> <laughs> it's for real though. Andy Dalton, like, okay, I want to I want to say that Andy Dalton was an okay choice as a backup and maybe he still is under any other organization but he has not been good whatsoever well to be fair no player has been good whatsoever on the dallas cowboys this year yeah i can't name you one that has been good if there is a player on the cowboys that makes a pro bowl i will be stunned yeah i mean i will be too because just because it's just that how unwatchable this year it has been unwatchable football and i love how they moved the giants a rival and not to mention just not just a football rival a rival in brand really because yeah. the giants they're giants are a big, big brand yeah. yeah so and not only that you move the giants and the browns yeah a, who have no brand yeah <laughs> So it's like you take two extremes from each end and say, you're so unwatchable. We're going to put this game in and, you know, have you play one o'clock. Now, now why, now why uh, riddle me this, Ben, 
I'm going to pull up. Let me, I got to pull up the schedule here real quick so I can um, see what we got going on here. But riddle me why you would put, um, I, I understand flexing the Cowboys out. But why would you not flex, say, the Chiefs Saints in? Or that's got to be a late game, isn't it? It's a 430 game. Okay, Um, that was probably saved by. That's probably already a a nationally televised broadcast game. Yeah, Um, like Fox or CBS, whichever one's hosting that game, they can protect their games. Yeah. Bears, Vikings, uh, Colts, Texans. I mean, as much as I would love to see that. I'm just saying those are division games. Like Browns Giants isn't a division game or anything. I suppose that playoff implications. The the Giants have a big brand. Um, I don't know. Patriots, Dolphins. I mean, they're both. That one, that one would be interesting. I'm not going to lie. That one actually would be interesting. There would be playoff implications there and it's a division game. Um, I just there there's some there's some better games that could have gotten flexed in. <laughs> now, granted, that's about it. But yeah, yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs, Saints moving to Sunday night would be electric. Why that? Sh- why that wasn't Sunday night to begin with is beyond me. But I guess uh, whoever got it, Fox or CBS, they were able to. Get well, Grant, hey, at the beginning of the year, the 49ers were coming off a of Super Bowl and the Cowboys were looking to, you know, be contenders. I didn't have them as contenders. No, but I mean, a lot of people were thinking the Cowboys will be good because they of the, the roster that they had. I and mean, it's just that none of the players have played up to that. I mean, I was laughing at those guys, but okay. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying. If a lot of people think that, then you think maybe the Cowboys and Niners would be a good game that you would put on Sunday night. I could see it. And they both have big brands. Yeah, I could see it. But Browns-Giants, man, that is too bad. (laughs) Now, the next week you get Packers-Titans, though. That's a good game. I would love to see the – Titans bounce back this week. And well, the week before you get Steelers Bills. This week is Steelers Bills, man. Oh, yeah. There's, there's Sunday night football. Those usually pan out. Carrie Underwood is great. Now that they brought back the original song, yes. Wait, what are you talking about? Okay. Uh, let's see. Not last year. Last year was 2019. Look up the 2018 Sunday night football song. It was absolutely atrocious. It's been the same song every year. Nope. 2017 and 2018 were two different songs. And then they went back to the 2016 and everything prior to to 2016 last year. Oh no, they were atrocious songs. Like I don't know. I maybe I wasn't listening. You know, Carrie Underwood's great. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. (laughs) Like last not last year, it's the year before Carrie Underwood. The song was called Game On, and she literally said Game On, it's Sunday night, the entire song. And I'm sure it was great. It was atrocious. Why do you think they went back to the classic? 
it's it doesn't matter it does it, it matters to me okay i was very happy when they went back to the original song but we're getting off topic it's great it is great this year oh it yeah is, it, it's it's one of the best intros in sports I'm saying 2018. Look it up. It was bad. Okay. <laughs> it can't be that bad. It's Carrie Underwood. That's oh, all I'm saying. I, I could beg to differ. Oh, my goodness. What is wrong with you? Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to move on to the next topic. It is one LeBron James. Uh, he was on a podcast with uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry this week, and they asked him a lot of stuff. And so he said a lot of stuff, which made a lot of headlines. Um one of which, real quick, uh, is that he's excited his new deal aligns with his son, LeBron James Jr. Um, but he also took the time to respond to Kyrie Irving's comments of Durant being the first player he's played with that can take the last shot. Um, you know, initially, it, the, the statement from Kyrie came out in the middle of the finals, so LeBron didn't bother with it because it was the middle of the finals. Um, and so then, so then on this podcast, he, did, he said, quote, it kind of hurt me a little bit. It was a blanked up time because it was the middle of the finals. Uh, he went on, these are some, these aren't all linear quotes, but uh, he went on to say the whole time I was there, I only wanted to see him be an MVP of our league, his success. We could never align, but I only cared about his well-being, both on and off the floor. Uh, I was a buffer in regards to the media scrutiny in Cleveland asking about Kyrie. He also said that Kyrie is one of the most talented players I've ever played with. I told him at one point, if you were not an MVP someday, then you're selling yourself short because that's how much I believed in him. It was part of the reason why I came back home. Besides the unfinished business, I came back home because I saw the talent in him. Sometimes you put yourself out there and you get hit in the mouth when you're not ready for it. Um, he also said he had a hand in getting Kyrie's signature shoe line from Nike. Um, so a lot here, um, Kyrie is just awful. Um, I don't understand Kyrie. He's, he says crazy things. Him and Durant are imaginated in heaven. They're just soft guys who say weird things. Um, great basketball players. Don't get me wrong. Kyrie Irving's got the handles, um, uh, with the best of them. Durant's probably the second best player in the league, um, when healthy, uh, credit to them, but they they got some crazy personalities, and um, it's just I, I it hurt me I, when LeBron said it kind of hurt me a little bit. I go, yeah, it like it hurt me to hear him say that. How dare he? He was nothing. You came in, you raised him from a pup into a dog, and you won a finals, and you took his legacy he has one of the best moments in finals history he has a championship he then wanted out he left he's been nothing since everything you did for this man and he appreciates none of it and it was he said it wasn't so much like yeah i can take the shot it was just like man that hurts me and i'm and that's man it's just it was that's what it was like hearing Kyrie say this stuff. It was it was just it hurt. 
everything they've been through, man. Ben's internet's being a little weird here. I don't know. It's it's real slow right now. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I can hear you. All right. So, I mean, I, I I'm gonna take the Colin Coward's approach on this. Best okay, now I can't hear you. <laughs> you can't. It's, oh. it's dragging you out. Just, just, just mute Kyrie. Okay, just mute him. Don't listen to him. Get him out of your life. The man says weird things. Okay, the Earth's not flat. You know, all, all sorts of stuff. It's time to just let him go and just let him do his own thing. Okay. What he says should affect LeBron James. It should not do it anymore. Let him go. Ben. He's been mediocrity since he left. He's been irrelevant. Look, <sighs> sometimes you got to let people say the most obnoxious things and then just walk away from it. I mean, ben, that's not that's not the point though. It's 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 not that it shouldn't affect LeBron. This is like I'm trying to think of a good example. This is like if you had I'm trying to think. So say you were in like a like a mentorship program and you were you're a high schooler and you get like a sixth grader and um you go through a couple years of high school and you graduate um, and that, you know, sixth grader is a 10th grader now. And then he says like, yeah, he wasn't all that great, but you poured years into, and it doesn't matter. You probably haven't seen the guy maybe in three years since you graduated and whatnot. But it still hurts because you you spent time and you developed and you poured into and all that just feels unappreciated. Honestly, if we're going to make it that comparison, you also got to take it with the fact that he's already been screwing up his life prior to that. And so with him making this. Well, Kyrie. How? Bro, the, the guy has been nothing but problems since LeBron left. or Well, since he left, to be honest, since Kyrie left Cavs. He's been nothing but problems. He hasn't panned out. He says the most outrageous things about the earth being flat. And just uh, he just keeps being obnoxious and annoying and a burden on the league. I mean, like you said, he was nothing before LeBron. He's going to be nothing after LeBron. Well, he could so be something like, with Durant. <laughs> honestly no i mean whatever their under is on their win total i'm totally taking the under but wow. um hot take yeah however I, it's just if i had my own little sixth grader raised them and all of a sudden those eighth and ninth grade years he just starts you know acting up getting all sorts of trouble saying the weirdest things and then in 10th grade, he says, I, I'm not that good. I'm like, yo, you were lost long before you said anything <laughs> about me. It doesn't hurt at all the time you took to develop and mentor and pour into. Look, some people are just, some. you, you can't, you know, 
pulling out some Star Wars references here. Oh okay. Obi-Wan, Anakin. Okay. Anakin was already lost. And that before. hurt Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was torn up about it. Your comparison proves my point. <laughs> I was going more for episode four. You know, he, he kind of, uh, you know, confronts Darth Vader and never acknowledges him as, you episode know. four is a new hope. Yeah, but Darth Vader is Anakin, so therefore, you know, Obi-Wan never acknowledges Anakin as Anakin. He just goes after him. <sighs> Point is, you know what he, you know what he didn't do. You know what he, you know what he didn't do. He didn't finish him off, so he still became Darth Vader. <laughs> the whole story's different if it, if Obi Wan does one job. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But going back to the whole LeBron situation, look, there's nothing LeBron can do. I think he needs to let it go now. Um, it, it it's time to disregard Kyrie as a friend, coworker, teammate, uh, you know, good history person, you know, he he should not be anything relevant. You smile for the cameras was, come reunion time and then you go your separate ways. There's one more thing that LeBron said and I don't have the exact quote, but basically he found a way to say he's the goat without saying he's the goat and that is he said something along the lines of he has won the two hardest championships in history beating the greatest team in the Warriors when down 3-1 and in the bubble here. Mm. Okay. Yep. Prove my point. There you go. Okay, next topic. Um, (laughs) Yep, he can't even argue it. Um, I'm not the person to argue that point, okay? I'd get school out. Here's, all here's my surprise topic for Ben, real quick before we go into power rankings. Um, okay. And oh, we this is is later than I thought it was. We uh, okay. So my, <laughs> my surprise topic. This will be somewhat quick. The the Seahawks lost to the Giants. Ben, I was wondering if you're going to bring this up. Ben MVP Russ is dead. Where did he go? What is going on? 12 points against the Giants? Was it okay? The, I will give you to your point. Okay. Russell Wilson has not been the same Q- QB as he has at the beginning of the year. There you go. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Okay. But something happened. I'll give credit to where credit is due for the Giants. Their defense is not a joke. Okay. It's not a joke. However, if you're going to be in the MVP, MVP talk, you got to be able to get more than 12 points. It's you got to beat the Giants. You got to well, not lose to the NFC East. Okay. Oh, I'll give the Giants this. They have won five of their last seven, and they are on a four-game winning streak. And not to mention one of the losses was against Tampa Bay, which they probably should have won. Yeah. So the, the Giants are playing. Involved. Yeah, the Giants – have are the most improved team from the start of the season to where we are currently. They're the most improved team. I mean, I don't think there's any speculation of that. I do wonder what in the world has happened now. Granted, I think Russell Wilson, I think he's kind of suffering from that Carson Wentz mentality. He doesn't have a big off or a great offensive line. 
And he's trying to make a lot of plays that just aren't there. He's trying to have this Russell Wilson magic and it, it, it's just not working up to, to this point. Now, I still think Seattle's a good team and I think they'll get it together. Um, Russell Wilson has, you know, he's had his bad games. Okay. You know, give it to the, I'll give you that, but he's never not shown up for a big time game. Like in the playoffs or something like that. Like, yeah, he has some playoff losses, but he he's played pretty well and he has shown up in a lot of big moments. So he might not be the MVP this year. I could see him though. I would not surprise me if he is just if he is a Super Bowl MVP. Now I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he is. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. We made a jump. I still you're saying that you think the Seahawks can still win the Super Bowl? Yes, absolutely. I think they're probably second or third favorite. Wait, out of the NFC, wait, wait, you, out wait, of the you, NFC. Cut out, you cut out there. Second or third favorite in the N to come out of the NFC. Okay, so that does adjust things a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Uh, so you got Aaron Rodgers yet? Uh, no, I still like Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, the conversation started up a little bit more around Mahomes now. There, there was no one talking about Mahomes for about eight weeks there. Look, like the guy's 11 to 1, and he's had some, he's had, he had the clutch moment against the Raiders, and uh, his interceptions are low once again. Like, I don't think they're as low as Aaron Rodgers, are they? I don't think so. They're starting to get up there because he's thrown a couple of these last couple of weeks. Yeah. But Rodgers, I think I think Rodgers might have a, a couple, one or two more. Yeah. It's just, for me, I have yet to see Aaron Rodgers' clutch moment this year. He beats up on the bad teams. And I don't – he does have a good win against the Saints. I'll give him that. But that was more of the Packers got control – and the Saints kind of made the score a little bit more respectable towards the end of the game. I would like to see Aaron Rodgers down and able to lead a comeback. He had an opportunity against the Colts, but he didn't get the job done. Now, granted, there was the turnover in overtime, but he had a chance late in that game to get a touchdown, and he wasn't able to get it. I'm not going to knock him for it, but I, I need to see that from Aaron Rodgers because – you know, he's getting all these numbers in terms of touchdown passes, but when you're throwing four touchdown passes against the Bears and the Lions, I'm not impressed. Not impressed. Okay. Um, let's Are go you- into the let's go into the power rankings. Let's go into the power rankings. Let's see where let's see where Ben has these teams, and then I'll tell you where they're supposed to be. Okay. Okay. So number 10, I really uh, I really uh, mulled over the idea of three teams. Ultimately, I decided on Indianapolis. Um, however, Tennessee and a curveball, I almost threw the Giants in there uh, at number 10. But I kind of resisted. I think the Colts and Titans are still better than the Giants, and I think Baltimore is probably better than have been playing pretty hot. But I got to stick with the Colts. I think the Colts are better than the Titans when they have uh, Buckner – and Autry on the defensive line to stop Derrick Henry and force Ryan Tannehill to throw. This gives the pass rush uh, a good ability to get pressure on Ryan Tannehill, causing mistakes. And then 
Uh, I think the Colts offense is getting better every week. They were an atrocity at the beginning of the year, but they've slowly gotten better to where they can keep up with some of these other teams. And I think last week, I don't want anyone to take last week and hold it against the Colts. The Colts controlled that game for the most part. Uh, Nine, Tampa. I don't really know what to do with Tampa at the moment. This team's too good not to put them in the top 10, but I just don't think they've been playing like a top 10 team. I, I didn't know what to do with them, so I stuck them at number nine. I think if the Colts were to go head to head with Tampa, Tampa wins, but I'm not sure. Now, here's a surprise Quick one. Up, update Cam Newton has been benched for Jarrett Stidham with the score 24 to three. I did see that. I did see that. Okay. Uh, and now, number eight, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I know. I feel like that's a little bit low for the Steelers. That seems like um, an overreaction. It is a little bit of an overreaction, but at the same time, I still think it's justified because they have not been playing well for weeks prior, and this loss was inevitable. And the fact that it came to a team like Washington, again, not a terrible team, but certainly not, not a team. Not a good one. Again, yeah, certainly not a team you should be losing to. Now, Washington is on the up, okay? They have a good defensive line. Their offense seems to be kind of – making clicking but again Steelers are the more talented team they were the home team they should have gotten that win and that was an embarrassing loss and their games prior to that were not good also update Jared Stidham is uh, showing why they went out and signed Cam Newton (laughs) that was terrible okay keep going (laughs) and then let me see here so I mentioned the Steelers Cleveland Browns. Okay. I know I kind of dogged them a little bit. Uh, however, you know, if Baker Mayfield's comfortable and they're able to get a running game going, this team's solid. Okay. The only now, this will be is- interesting. The Steelers play the Browns. So you think the Browns will beat the Steelers? Yes. Uh, it'll be a close one for sure, but I think Cleveland has what it takes to beat them. I think the Cleveland Stephens is going to give the offense some fits. Um, and I think if they can get a good running attack going. I don't think Baker Mayfield will be comfortable, but I think if they can get a good running game going against the Steelers, they will be able to win this game. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Look, I know they lost to the Giants, but I still think this is a good team. They're getting to the quarterback a lot more effectively. I think it was another bad outing by the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. This is a, uh, you know, a player oriented team as opposed to you know the players kind of go based off of their emotions and i think this is just a bad sunday for them i expect them to bounce back you know they were I've been waiting for them to bounce back for a month then okay what i mean the, what's their record you know the, what eight and four i mean yeah something like that yeah I mean, it. the rams are beating them in the division yeah, so they're not a terrible Rams team. are eight and four, so they must be tied. They're either tied or they're seven and five. Wait, I mean, I don't think Seattle's a bad team by any means, but I think Seattle will get it together, unlike the Steelers. <laughs> However, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now is the Buffalo Bills. Uh they have just I don't know about the Bills. They were really good to start the season. And then we almost bailed on them. Like, oh, my gosh, the Bills are atrocious. And then 
they get this huge break against New England and they just have rode that wave ever since. Like, it's like, oh, you should have lost to New England. You're absolutely a pretender. And then it's like, well, they just keep winning game after game. And after the 49ers beat up on the Rams, the Buffalo Bills beat up on the 49ers. And it was a nice little revenge game for the Bills as they won in the stadium where DeAndre Hopkins caught a amazing Hail Mary pass of over three defenders. So it was a nice little revenge game there. Josh Allen, he's playing a lot better uh, from what he did at the middle of the season, and he just gets better and better every week. Uh, Green Bay Packers are my next team at number four. Uh, I think Bo's going to disagree with me here. He's probably going to have him at like two. But again, I want Green Bay to have that signature win. Okay. They have a good win against the Saints. But outside of that, I just don't see on their schedule a whole lot of big games. It's mostly mediocrity that they've just beaten up on. It's, it's what I see. And so they had their chance against the Colts. It didn't really work out for them. So I'm not really buying a whole lot of Packers stock just yet. Number three, I got the Los Angeles Rams. The 49ers are just a bad matchup for them, and that's responsible. If they don't play the 49ers, they are a 10-2 and team. This team is very good. They can compete with almost any team. They should have came back and beaten the, the Bills that one game, but it was there was a bad pass interference call at the end of the game. This team is a very, very good team. They're very solid. They're very complete. The 49ers are just a bad matchup. And so there's a way to beat this team. However, this team can beat you a lot of ways. So they're a team to watch out for. I'm going to leave the Saints at two. However, I don't think they're the number two team in the league with Taysom Hill, a quarterback. But Drew Brees is going to be coming back. I don't know when, but he is. And when he comes back, and if the Saints are holding on to that number one seed, look out. I don't want to be – if I'm any team in the NFC, I don't want to go to New Orleans to face the Saints because whatever problems they had at the beginning of the year, they got those solved pretty quickly as, what, they only have two losses on the year? Yeah. And then number one, Kansas City. I mean, it's really not even a joke now. I mean, I, their game against Denver – I, I don't know what to make of it, but it felt like Kansas City had control throughout that entire game and that it was still a close game. So I don't I don't know what that was about, but Mahomes just makes it look too easy out there. And that that's just what I got. Okay, so we have four agreeances. You really kind of screwed up towards the end there. Um, at number 10, I have the Colts. So that's our first one. Very, very, very close behind at 11 is the Titans. Um, I went back and forth on which one to put in there. I ended up going with Indianapolis. Um, and mostly I think because I'm a Colts fan. Um, the, <laughs> the, at number nine, I have the bucks. So that's our second agreement. Um, I really don't know what to make of the Buccaneers because one week they're great. The next week they're not. Um, 
So I don't know what to do with them. Uh, at number eight, I have the Browns. Uh, I think they're really good. I don't think they're elite yet. So I'm going to put them down at eight. At number seven, I have the Rams, which is quite a bit lower than you have them. Um, if Jared Goff gets pressured, he get beat. I don't. That's that's the bottom line here. It, the the Rams lose if if Goff gets pressured. And when I look at the other teams on this list, they can get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and so I I I don't. I haven't been able to watch a lot of Rams games, um, but I'm not I'm not buying into them, and I I, I think they're kind of pretenders. I think they're very good, but I don't think they're among the elite. Um, at number six, I have the Seahawks, so that's our third agreement. Um, I think the defense has vastly improved since bringing in Carlos Dunlap and getting Jamal Adams back. The only thing is, Russ has got to get it together. That offense has died in the last month. Um, and so once they get everything, if they could get everything working at the same time, then I think they're dangerous. Um, number five, I have the Steelers a little bit higher than you had them. I think I, I would have had them at two before losing to Washington. So I think dropping down to five is fair. Um, the way they've played losing the losing Bud Dupree and Devin Bush is just way too big for me to ignore. Um I think they're a good team, but I think you can they're they're beatable. Um, at number four, I have the Bills. I think they're beatable, but I think they're dang good. <laughs> Josh Allen is back to playing at an MVP level. I'm not saying he's an MVP. I'm saying he's back to playing where he was in the conversation. Um, at the beginning of the year. And when that offense is playing like this, I, there's very few teams, I think, that keep up with them. Um, at number three, I have the Saints. I mean, purely because of the defense right now. I haven't seen much out of the offense this year that impresses me, even with Drew Brees in the lineup. Um, but I think that's a very complete team. I think the defense is very good, and with Drew Brees, I'm not going to bet against them. Um, at number two, as predicted, I have the Packers. Um, I, I get it. You want a signature win, but I can't control who's on their schedule. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that they have to play the Lions twice and the Bears twice. I don't, I don't control this aspect of it. Um, the defense is terrible on the Packers. I'll give you that. Um, the offense is incredible. I'm honestly, Devontae Adams might be the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, and, Hopkins. <laughs> no, I'm. That's fair. Like I pro, I probably still take Hopkins, but Devontae Adams is making a very strong case. The way he is. Okay. The, okay. I'll he, give you that. He is the only person 
that he's like the most targeted wide receiver. He's the only person on the offense that Rogers is always looking for him and he is dominating teams. He's scored multiple touchdowns a game. He's getting open. He's running over people that Devonta Adams is putting in his case to start mentioning him. When you say, let's see, who's the top wide receiver Hopkins, Julio Odell, when he's healthy, uh, you Thomas. know, Michael Tom, yeah, Michael Thomas. Like you say all these names, and Devonta Adams is saying, "Hold on a minute, why don't I ever get mentioned in that?" Um, and then Aaron Jones is great. So I, I just think I'm not, I'm like it's similar to Breeze, not betting against Aaron Rodgers, but the defense of the Packers, if they can get takeaways, which they have been able to do, if they get takeaways, then I think uh, the Packers are definitely a tough team to beat and obviously kansas city we agree on is number one i'm very excited i put a dollar bet on kansas city to win the super bowl with an odds boost that turns it into 55 dollars if they win um at the beginning of the season and right now i don't see anybody that's going to be beating kansas city for the super bowl um the only concern i have with kansas city is i feel like they're kind of like the warriors with durant when it was like, we're so good, we're bored, and you get complacent, and then you slack off, and then you lose unexpectedly. Because I feel like Kansas City can score so fast, and they're so much better than everyone else that they kind of just sit back and rely on that, and then they find themselves in close games when that shouldn't be. Um, So that's my only concern with Kansas City. But, man, I don't know how – I don't know how you stop Kansas City. Their defense is good too. I I, I don't I don't I don't see any team competing with Kansas City this year. I, I I'm barring you know injury. Yeah, I know, Matt. Not a whole lot of disagreement there. I biggest one is the Rams. I, I I'm just know. not buying in. Jared Goff gets pressure. He clams up and they lose. I mean, I, I guess Jared Goff is the best live bet quarterback. <laughs> you watch the first couple drives and you see how it goes. And if it's going good, then you bet the Rams. And if it's going bad, you bet against them. I can concur. Just watching this Thursday night game, I can definitely concur. Just watching that first drive by the Rams. I'm like, you know what? This game could get ugly fast. <laughs> it didn't get ugly fast, but it did eventually get ugly. So, mm-hmm. Do you want to hear what the official power rankings are in comparison to ours? Just uh, real sure. quick. Just real quick. I'll just run through them. <laughs> so at number 10, they have the Buccaneers. At number nine, they have the Ravens. We Neither of us had what? the Ravens. Um, at number eight, they have the Browns. Number seven is the Seahawks. Number six is the Rams. Number five is the Bills. Number four is the Packers. Number three is the Steelers. Number two is the Saints. And number one is the Chiefs. Steelers at three? No way. They were previously at two, so they dropped a spot. I mean, I I get it, but, like, no. Like people are saying, oh, you're dropping them down because of overreaction. The Steelers were not playing that well. The only reason why they were at number two is because they hadn't lost yet. People were looking for any excuse to take them out of that. 
I mean, if you're undefeated and not number one, then obviously there's a big problem. That's true. If you're if you're eleven and zero, and, and everyone's like Kansas City for sure is number one. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't want to take that next step. And honestly, me as soon as Washington beat them, I'm like, this gives me every excuse to put Pittsburgh right where I think they are. And I think I got him. No, pretty- I think you're a little low. Look, you're a little low. Look, as of right now, I think I got him perfect. I think they have the talent to move up and get their heads on straight and get back up there. But as of right now, the way they've plan- been playing over the last several weeks, I think I got him hit right where they're at. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Um you can go check out the link in the show notes. It takes you to all social media, takes you to everywhere the show is, sends you to the contact form so you can send us an email. If you're interested, at R-U-T-S underscore pod uh, on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can send us an email at runupthescorepod at gmail.com. And uh, Twitter has been very active, so go check it out. Okay. Um, anything else? Share with your friends, rate, review, subscribe, all the good stuff, you know. I think that's it. That's all I got. Well, we got uh, week 14 coming up. We got the first game in the books. The Rams beat the Patriots 24 3. Um, and it's going to be interesting next week when we recap everything that happened there and get you caught up on that so you know it's the best analysis right here it is so do we have a normal week coming up with uh just one monday night game as far as i know we have not had a delay in games yet awesome awesome well i kind of like having tuesday night games and two monday night games and yeah, but it makes it harder to find time to do the podcasts. I like to do it right in between games. I don't want to do games before. I don't like doing them during. Fortunately, I didn't miss too much with this Rams-Patriots game. Yeah. Except I was way wrong. I thought the Patriots would make it close. Boy, it was not close. You never know with the Patriots, man. They're, yeah, they're yeah. up and down. One minute, they're winning 45 nothing. Another minute, they're losing 24-3. to I mean... Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all we got. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, we'll have some more NBA news next time. Did the uh, did your NASCAR friend ever email us back? Uh, he hasn't emailed back yet. Um, it's been he usually uh, emails. I'm trying to remember. It's usually we usually have one each episode over on Sports Shenanigans, um, and he typically he listens when he's like cooking dinner. I think at least that's what he said like a year ago. Um, the <laughs> but uh, um, usually it comes out and then he listens sometime within like a week or two, and then he'll email again. So we'll see. All right, and who good. knows? And who knows? Maybe he's just a sports shenanigans fan, and he heard me say, this is run up the score, and we're substituting Ben in for Casey this week, and he said no. 
<laughs> hey, if if he wants to be like that, that's fine. That's fine. I don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, this, at this point, I need all the audience I can get. So <laughs> Yeah, let's rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. If you love the show, great. Tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never happened. It's Pat McAfee's trademark. It is <laughs> great to be great. It must suck to suck. That's my new favorite thing. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. Run up to score. See us. Go check out the Twitter. It's active on, especially on game day. So that's a wrap.